Right here on 104.9 The Horn, it is a 5-1-2 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, takes uh, jams and songs from uh, very talented human beings, artists that you have a chance to see live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is CeCe, and she is playing Saturday at Central Machine Works. Uh, all right, CeCe. I like that. What's the name of this song? The name Richard Dead. Richard Dead. Hmm. Uh... Well, I'll choose Rich. Is it a choice? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I don't, know, I don't know if you get to make that choice. That must be the, the Titan submersible. <laughs> I watched, I watched Richard Dead. I'm like, Rich? I watched this hood movie the other night. I'll tell you about it off air, but I watched this hood movie the what other night. What platform was it on? Uh, Amazon. Okay. It was Amazon, but it was it was, it was straight. Yeah, there, there's some hood stuff on Amazon. Yeah, there was straight hood. Yeah, because Amazon Prime, it was, like, you can get your stuff put on there a lot easier than other platforms. Yeah. Like, because you can just put it, like, there's yeah. weird ways you can put it up there. And, um, and, it, was, it, and it was out of Houston. It was a H-Town movie. It was oh, all, oh, yeah. 100%. And the dude was like, say, man, you need to come to H-Town because, <laughs> like 50 Cent say, we need to get this money because we'll either get rich or die trying. And he said, well, let's get this money because I don't feel like dying today. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was all into this movie. I'm like, what, I'm going to watch this, what's man. What's the name I'll, of it? I'll give it to you in uh, just a second. I don't know. I, I don't need to watch. I'm just curious. I, I hope you don't give it to me because I don't. Now, I, you go watch it. Then I'll make me want to watch it. You're going to watch it. You're going to watch it. All my, because all my uh, streaming. Sonny Bobo is out of jail. Just remember that. <laughs> all my streaming platforms, they, they they think I'm black. Or they know I'm black. Because they, <laughs> I was like, I hope keeps so. su- It keeps suggesting black uh, content for me all the time, too. And my wife is like, There's a, this is, uh, they know that yeah, you're, you're black. And I was like, oh, I'm sure he does. It's the algorithm. Yeah. They got it. They already they know They know. And if you got me watching stuff like that, then. Oh, you're going to be on, man. It's going to be sending me content. Yeah, you're gonna be on. on. Yeah. All right. We'll get into some um some off the record actually. I know that was a little off the record. We'll get off the record <laughs> coming up a little bit later on in the four o'clock. Uh I want to get to some NFL news notes and nuggets here. Um okay, so there are a couple of things I'll get to. I went to the Texans here a little bit and we'll talk Cowboys uh coming up. But there is some uh sound from Peter Schrager. Actually, um, from NFL, we have this audio here. Patrick, it's Peter Schrager, and he does great work for good. Is it Good Morning Football? Yeah, is good, that's good, name of the good morning football. I, I I don't get a chance to watch it as much, yeah. but every time I watch it and I see content from it, it's really good. And he was uh, speaking to Kellen Moore about Dak Prescott and told a story about um, Dak Prescott. And here is the audio because we've talked about what sets Dak Prescott apart, what makes him special. I remember Hard's reading those uh, Cole Beasley comments mm-hmm. about. Uh, Dak Prescott and how people don't understand what a special leader is, and I don't know if it was a, a, a I don't know if he meant to intentionally kind of disrespect Josh Allen, but he basically said that Dak Prescott was the best leader he had been around. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you just you played with Josh Allen, so Josh Allen obviously not the leader that Dak Prescott is. Not saying he's a bad one, but in this audio, they talk about the leadership ability and skill of one Dak Prescott. Here it is. As a player and as a man, your experience with Dak Prescott. What experience with Dak? Would you want listeners to know? The best person. Uh, I think uh, the best leader I've ever been around, uh, easily. 
and in all honesty, player or coach or anything. Uh, I think his ability to connect with a team uh, in all spectrums is rare, and I've never seen it in any other way. Uh, his work ethic, his uh, you know, his command. I, I think he's incredible, and so I, I know you know we've all been through that Dallas journey, and uh, you know he, he has a phenomenal way of being able to deal with probably more than your average NFL starting quarterback, and uh, he handles it beautifully and. Yeah, he's certainly a, certainly a guy you forever root for. Most incredible leader I've ever been around, player or coach. His guy's dad was a coach. Yes. Like Keller Moore's from a coaching family. Mm-hmm. He has been around coaches forever and been around some damn good coaches too. And that is a hell of a coach. Now, now, by the way, I did say, and I've said this before, there's been no relationship arguably in the history of the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, like Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott's relationship. I mean, think about it. They competed against one another on the same roster as, as QB2 and QB3. Um, Kellen Moore gets hurt. Dak gets the starting job. And then Kellen Moore becomes his quarterback coach. And then Kellen Moore becomes his offensive coordinator and play caller as well. Uh, that, that You just don't have relationships that happen like that because of how unique the Dallas Cowboys are as, as an organization, and they usually promote from within. They love promoting, promoting from within. All right, uh, When they look for you know a, a job opening or they're looking for candidates for a job opening, they usually think the best candidates are in-house, uh, whether that's good or bad for the Cowboys. Um, but Sometimes to, it's bad. Sometimes. Dave Campo. Um, I agree. It ain't, it ain't always good. <laughs> they did it again this year. They, they did, did it with uh, Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer, right? that's yeah, right. They love they love the in-house yeah. hire. But anyway, that's what Kellen Moore was because he was the you know the wonderkin, and they promoted him from within, and he had that unique relationship with Dak. So I'm not surprised to hear him say something really heartfelt um, and sentimental about Dak like mm-hmm. that. But, man, the greatest leader I've ever been around, player or coach. I've said Dak's X-man ability, the thing that sets him apart, that makes him better – uh, or he does better, um, or as well as any other quarterback out there, is his leadership ability. He is a natural leader. He's definitely a natural leader, and that's something that we've all talked about. And if you mm-hmm. listen to anybody that's ever spent time with him, and if you listen to any of his interviews, you know that he can command a room. He mm-hmm. can com- he can demand respect when he walks in it because of the way that he carries himself. You don't ever hear him say any ill will towards anybody. No. He's always out front. He takes the blame when he deserves to, and he takes the blame when half of the time it's not even his fault. So there's a lot of things that you can say about leadership, and I, I credit how he was raised. I credit the people that are been around him throughout his life, and the dude has been through a lot in his life. So maturity is something that you definitely need in your locker room, and what better place to get it than with your starting quarterback? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I, I I thought those comments were you know, interesting yeah. to say the least. Because well, um, especially because you said uh, his father was a coach. Well, his father was a coach. He's yeah. been around a lot of great coaches. I'm assuming in his time. Um, hell, uh, didn't he? Because he played at Boise State. Yeah, he was there with Chris Peterson. He was with Peterson. Peterson, yeah, he Peterson was a coach. damn good coach yep. too. Yep. Brian Harson was his OC, I believe, mm-hmm. and Harson was a decent coach. I mean, he's you know, like I said, been around some really good players too on that Cowboy with, within the Cowboys organization. Yep. He's been everybody that played for the Cowboys while he was there. He didn't mention any of them. No, he did not. He I mean, did not. Some great players that played with the Cowboys. He didn't mention. And he, he was there Dad with Tony. He, I'm a, I'm a homosexual. Yeah, he was he didn't with Tony. Tony. Yeah, he did he not. He didn't mention Tony at all. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it just slipped his mind. 
Tony sipped was, his mug? Yeah, because it was fresh. That's fresh. He just broke up with Dak. I mean, uh, he just I, got, you he, know. He, I think he does. He loves Dak. Yeah. He's a big Dak but you, fan. I love the fact that you point out this is the most unique situation that anybody could be in from being a, a locker mate mm-hmm. to in the same film room to the quarterback's coach to now your OC. Yeah, there some, but sometimes in those situations you have to make a change to expand. No, I talk, I know I do, yeah. I agree with the change. Yeah. I don't disagree yeah. with yeah, them. Yeah, no doubt. Something had to change. They got to get past the division around, and you weren't going to fire your coach, right? And you're not going to change your quarterback. Yep. You, you're not going to change your DC because your defense was top five. Right. What were you going to change? That's the when you no, check but, off all the li- all the boxes or check off all the names off the list. He's the most likely to. Move on. And by the way, you can argue he, he needed to. He should have already moved on. Yeah, he was. He should have been yeah. a head coach somewhere. Remember, because he did exactly. interview, and he should have went somewhere else. Because, it, like Eric Public, be enemy. You might need to go <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. If you need to expand mm-hmm. your resume as well. Well, I think he. I think he read the tea leaves and saw that the next coach in waiting isn't me anymore. It's Dan Quinn. Yeah. I used to fast. be the coach in waiting yep. before Dan Quinn came, and now I, I know Jerry Jones really well, yeah. and I used to be the apple of his eye, yep. and now he's walking around talking about Dan Quinn everywhere, and he's inviting Dan Quinn to the office. Right. He's inviting Dan <laughs> Quinn to go to lunch. He wants to, to the like, yacht. To the yacht. To yeah, the Dan yacht. Quinn gets to go hang out. Yeah, it used to be me. He's like, I got to get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. I've, been, I've been demoted. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he saw, too, just conspiracy theory-wise. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Dan Quinn, um, I saw this. Dan Quinn has been raving about Eric Scott Jr. Uh, for those who mm-hmm. are unfamiliar with Eric Scott Jr. Southern it, Miss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hard to say, resident Cowboys fans. He know him really yeah. well. He's a sixth-round pick for the Cowboys on day three. Sixth-round pick. And this is what, I mean, Dan Quinn's been raving about him. He basically said this, quote, Eric Scott Jr. isn't likely to crack the starting lineup for the Cowboys, but he earned the attention of Quinn uh, with the way he stepped up in OTAs. Uh, Scott has a lot of work to do, but it will be interesting to see if he can climb the depth chart after standing out because Quinn uh, basically started talking about how much he he liked Eric Scott Jr. and brought his name up when mm-hmm. he was asked about standouts who were late-round draft picks for the Cowboys uh, and rookies to watch. Um, he had some really complimentary things to say about him. They're already really deep on the back end. Yeah. I, I, just, I bring this up to show the depth that the Cowboys have because we forget that Jordan Lewis is coming back now. You got Deron Bland, so you got two nickel defenders. And don't forget Deron Bland was a later-round pick, too. Fifth-round pick, uh-huh. I believe. Uh-huh. They find those uh, jewels. Dan Quinn does. Yes. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn finds you great value late in the draft and knows how to maximize it. Uh, but And then you have your three safeties, which – Probably is the deepest safety core in the NFL. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's definitely the deepest. Nobody's got three starting safeties like that, like the Cowboys do, and use them 40% of the time. And then you got upgrade at corner with Gilmore and Diggs. And I'm and I'm not even bringing up some of the other guys oh, too. No. That you know some of the yeah. other guys who should be fighting for spots. I know Bossman Fats is not really on people list, but that's another guy that's he's out been there. doing well too. And he had a great mini camp. They actually did. Rave yeah, about him. they talked about him and they said he's grown mentally and matured a lot on the football field because he saw his film last year. They got Nation Wright who they yes. like. Yes, uh, Makuyamu. Yes, who is a J Run Curse starter kid. I think it's Super this- Bowl. <laughs> you got me hyped. <laughs> no, that secondary. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would. I know it's why I would put it. I would put it in the top five easily, but I think you can make an argument it's a top three secondary in the league, depending on yeah. how they perform. But if this kid, Eric Scott Jr., 
uh, ends up playing at a really high level and he can crack the uh, the roster mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, I wouldn't doubt if they're thinking about trading boss man Fats. And that's why the preseason is going to be really big for him. That's why he was selling. Yes. That's why they were selling him. Oh, he's had a great camp. Yes. Oh, he's doing so much better. Looks like he's changed, matured. And you talked about Jordan Lewis, and Jordan Lewis may be another guy that they say, okay, Deron Bland, you did well. Now, boom, let me see if you can move somewhere else now. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's he's a guy that's got a little bit of a multiplicity of skill set, and we know Dan Quinn loves to move guys around too. Uh, remember, they, they moved Boss Man Fats around. Yeah, he played safety mm-hmm. actually, and some nickel this uh, this past off season for the Cowboys. So Cowboys secondary looking like it's in uh, it's in pretty good shape because right now they they got depth. It seems like every position, like I said, right. slot corner, actual cornerback, they got some depth there too. Um, and at safety, like I said, they're one of the deepest uh, teams in the country when it comes. Sorry, when deepest teams in the NFL when it comes to safety position. All right, let's get to another. Uh, and we'll talk some Texans here a little bit too. <clears throat> the uh, NFL.com is where I got this article. They were projecting the rookies of the basically the all rookie team, I should say, and kind of the rookies of the year on the all rookie team. The Texans got a lot of love on this all rookie team, and they did project that Will Anderson will be on the all-rookie team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have him as one of their favorites to win Defensive Player of the Year. If that does happen for the Texans, that would make the trade, which was a – I mean, it was a huge trade by them. There's a lot of draft capital they invested. It it would show the fans that Nick Casario may be the right guy for the job. Right now, I think there's a lot of doubt about Nick Casario. Yeah. And I, I think C.J. Stroud is going to work out regardless. Uh, and Will Anderson, I think, for me, he he's the one, that move they made for Will Anderson, that is the move that's being questioned the most. Most people are looking at it as a package deal with C.J. and Will Anderson, but the Will Anderson move cost them a lot more draft capital yeah. than the C.J. Stroud move which was their natural pick. They traded back up in, in that round to go get Will Anderson, and it's got to be worth it for them. They got their two franchise pieces, though, offense right. and defense. That's probably most important. Yeah, but, and, and that's what you need for your cornerstones. That is what your hope was. You, you're, you gave up something to go and make that move, but the bigger picture is where are you going to be in three years? We're not worried about the immediate turnaround right now because that's not what they're built for. There, you want to win games, you want to be put in position, but you're more looking towards the year after next. Not this season, not next season, the third year. You want to be competing at a very high level. And even in that conference, you want to make sure that you're pushing it. I mean, excuse me, in that division, you want to make sure that you can go out there and get it done too. So I'm I'm all in with the moves. I'm all in with the, the draft pick. Obviously, the big pickup with uh, – D'Amico Ryans is going to be changing the the mm. narrative there, and he's going to be there for more than one year, guys. Well, yeah, he's got to. <laughs> yeah, I, but I will say, I, as much as it is, I agree that this is a long term plan, and you're trying to be a year ahead of schedule. That's why you get Will Anderson, and you believe that he's worth taking. That there may not be a guy in next year's draft who is comparable mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. All those I get. If you are not fifth worst team or better, you then it's going to be hard to identify, I don't know, we took him at three and we could have the third pick next year too, but we gave up 
multiple picks to have the third pick next year and to give up the third pick next year. Yeah. That's where it becomes harder. But if it's a seventh pick, it's a little bit easier. If it's the ninth pick, it's even easier. And if you get into the, the teens and all that, then, well, what a great trade. No, you're right, because we now know, based on the audio from the um, – man, whose front office was that? Was it the Colts? Co- the Cardinals? Co- Cardinals. The Cardinals. 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 Yeah. the Cardinals front office. Um, that Nick Osorio gave up the first-round pick of the – he gave up their first-round pick, basically, the Cleveland Browns first-round pick. Yeah, they yeah. kept, they kept yeah. Cleveland's. They kept it, yeah, yeah, and he gave up their own instead of the Cleveland Browns' first-round yes. pick, which – Basically, it means he's betting on the Texans to be a good team next year. Yeah, and I mean, and to have a low draft pick. And it clearly the, has more value because the Cardinals can take the first rounder and tell their sell their fan base we could have the number one and number two pick in the draft, or we could they're gonna sell their fan base. We could have the number one pick in the draft and win a Super Bowl, but we you know they could have the number one and number two pick in the draft. Yeah, and yeah. and if you say if you have Cleveland's, you're like, well, no, I mean, we get a decent first round pick, but they're not going to bottom out completely, mm-hmm. bottom out. Whereas the Texans have to improve to stop bottoming out. Yeah, you definitely. A lot of people are criticizing the fact that you know you made made a risky decision there, a risky gamble that right. maybe the Texans are going to be really good next year. But I year. like it. I like the gamble. You got to gamble. I, I do too. That's, you got a risk. That's a lot of gambling, though. The the, the trade back there. up to Will Anderson. Yeah. Like I said, it's all worth it because D'Amico Ryan's a defensive coach, and yeah. he wants his defensive like franchise piece. Mm-hmm. I get all that, and they got C.J. Shroud, so they got them both, and that can expedite or accelerate the rebuild or whatever. I get it, um, but they gave up a lot for it. Remember, according to ESPN Analytics and their approximate value based draft valuation tools. Uh, the only draft pick in the past 20 drafts uh, that was a bigger overpayment based on their analytic tools was the Julio Jones trade up, which was worth it, by the way. Yep. Because he ended up being a Hall That's of what I'm saying. So, receiver. yeah, sometimes you got to risk it. Yeah, yeah. No risk, no, no risk, biscuit. no biscuit. That's no, right. Uh, no, I, I, I totally agree. But it just everybody knows like there's a lot of gambling going on by Nick Casario, and if it doesn't pay off, and Will Anderson isn't Defensive Player of the Year, people are going to be questioning because, yeah, he's – He's one of the only – I always give this stat because it's so crazy. He is one of the only GMs in NFL history, actually the only in, in NFL GM in NFL history to in the Super Bowl era to be allowed to hire a third head coach after consecutive one-and-done head coaches. Right. Yeah, and, and I'll say, I you know – Ridiculous. As, right? I think you have to do that <laughs> somewhat for the fans that you go, hey, we've, we've tanked a bunch of years in a row. We fired a bunch of coaches, but we were really doing it. But in reality, Nick Casario has to do it as a GM who wants to keep his job because if he drafts, if he doesn't mm-hmm. draft a defensive player up top, now the head coach doesn't have his back. The head coach is like, man, I wanted that, I wanted Will Anderson, and you went and got a quarterback. And if he doesn't take a quarterback, the odds of him finding a quarterback if they're okay next year and have the seventh, eighth pick drops dramatically. And now he doesn't have his quarterback, and he knows, well, my time is short because if I don't have a quarterback, I how long before we bought it, mm-hmm. we cap out at eight, nine wins. And they need a new GM. So, really, I have to get both guys to keep my job. I have to gamble because yep, I'm, yep. So, I'm so far behind that I've already bet the house. It is time to bet the car, bet my wife, bet everything else <laughs> bet to try wife. to get ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're right. That's a great point about D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico says, hey, Will Anderson's my guy. Yep. And you're basically going to fracture your relationship before it even starts yep. if you don't get who he says is his guy and you have the ability to do it. So you please him, and then you're thinking, hell, all the, fran- the, the, the owner of the franchise and the fans, they all want a quarterback. 
Yeah. We got to get a quarterback or we can't put butts in the seats. Yeah. Nobody's going to come. If I stick Davis Mills back out there another year, my head's on the chop block. <laughs> and then oh, yeah. if, if Domingo Ryans is a good coach and we win six games next year, I don't have a court. Now I, I, I don't have any – I got to trade for a try and trade up to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, 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 if, if it all pays off, he's going to look brilliant. Yeah. If – like I said, if Will Landerson doesn't work out or the C.J. Stroud doesn't work out, it'll be bad. Uh, but I, I got I got faith. I think it's going to work out for we him. We need faith. Uh, Jalen Carter also makes it for Philadelphia on this all-rookie team, uh, preseason all-rookie team. Uh, B.J. Ajilari, uh, for the, who was drafted by the Cardinals, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Luke Van Ness makes it on the edge. Jack Campbell, the linebacker for, uh, for Detroit. Uh, Drew Sanders, uh, Denver uh, Broncos linebacker. Uh, Dorian Williams from Buffalo. Christian Gonzalez from New England. Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, Jatarvis Martin, also Washington um, as a DB. Safety, Antonio Johnson. And special teams, return specialist Tank Dell for the Texans. Shout out there. So yeah. Tank Dale getting some, a little bit of love there on that all-rookie team at NFL.com. So uh, we'll get into some more NFL news, notes, and nuggets a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but for now, let's get into the Harsh Knock Life, what you got for the people. I'm oh, sorry, we got a special gift. We're going to talk a little bit about Texas State football. It's right around Ooh-wee. the corner. And we got my man uh, Kef Chardello that's going to join us. He covers the Texas State Bobcats. I'm really interested to see, with all the changes in San Marcos, how excited he is about this football team this year. Yeah, I actually uh, can't wait for this conversation, too, because there's been a lot of buzz coming out of Texas State. No doubt. All right, so we'll talk about that. More football discussion in Harsh Knock Life on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful down the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can also follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. So hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a young man that I've had the pleasure of being in some of the press conferences with down there at Texas State. He's been working his butt off for Texas State and getting you all the information that you could possibly need. He's part of the Austin American Statesman. You can follow him at Kef, K-E-F-F underscore C. He is joining us right now is my man Kef Chardello. Chef, coming, Chef. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, we're all excited about it. My man Rob Babers and I have been going back and forth, sure. kind of kind of going back, thinking about you know the time where our man Jake Spavital, he was there for four seasons, didn't turn out the way that he wanted, 13-3. and three. You go out, you make a big move, you got a new president, you've got a new athletic director, and they decided they wanted to go in a different direction and moving up. And then you go and get G.J. Kenny, who is, you know, Texas native, mm-hmm. former Longhorn, uh, been a part of this state, knows the, co- the, the high school coaches, and they make a splash higher with that. So far, what have you noticed about G.J. Kenny and what he's done to change the program? 
Well, right off the bat, he, he's invigorated this place. I mean, the increase in donations have been pretty apparent. They've announced them quite a bit. The school has. Uh, it's not just that, but also even recruiting. They've signed 50 guys for the 2023 class already. Should be It should finish around 53 by the time the summer is all, all done. That's basically two recruiting classes in one that he's come in and done since he got here in December. Uh, that right off the bat just completely changes the profile of the team when they bring in all these transfers. I think it's something like 24 P5 transfers, or maybe it's 17 P5 transfers, 24 FBS transfers. That's what that one is. But yeah. uh, And just talking to fans around and, and everybody, it, it's, it's a different feel to this program than it's been in years past. Even when Spavadol was hired four years ago, you know, people were pretty excited, but they were still pretty timid after the Everett Withers era that went down. Uh, but with, with G.J. Kenny coming in, it just it feels like everybody looked at Incarnate Word last year, the number one offense in the country, fifty point, over 50 points a game. Lindsey Scott Jr. throwing up like 60 touchdowns on that season. Everybody took a look at that and just started salivating, thinking about that being in maroon and gold. So it's just the, the mindset is different, but we're still in that period before the season where it, it's almost the honeymoon of the whole situation where everyone it, it hasn't come to fruition yet. So nobody, nobody really knows what, to, what it's going to look like, but everybody's expecting it to be great. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an amazing number about how much turnover and how many new players he signed in just the, what, seven months he's been on the job. I heard, that, I heard a stat somewhere that Colorado – it's the only other school yep. that's ha- added more players in the last seven months. <laughs> so uh, that's a big number. But, Kev, I want to ask you about these, uh, these new faces. Which one of these players are, you know, obviously how many of these players and which ones are going to, in your opinion, be foundational pieces that G.J. Kenny can build upon with this program, offense, defense, or even special teams? Gosh, you know, it's going to be most of the starting lineup is going to be these new guys. I mean, when you have 85 scholarships per year and you're bringing in over 50 guys, I mean, you're you're going to be starting a bunch of them. I think <laughs> the number one place to look at is quarterback. When you uh, they brought in two different SEC quarterbacks that transferred in, they got Malik Hornsby to come over from Arkansas. He's he's more of a speedster, that dual threat quarterback. And then after spring practice happened, when Hornsby was really running the offense, they went out and got T.J. Finley to transfer in from Auburn. He's you know, he's a different type of quarterback. He's tall, six six, about two fifty. Uh, he's more hangs in the pocket a little more. He can be elusive in the pocket, but he definitely hangs in there. So I mean, they they go out and, and they get two SEC quarterbacks. Pair those two along with a third quarterback and C.J. Rogers, a Baylor transfer who didn't play his first year last year with the Bobcats, but looked pretty good in the spring. It's a true quarterback competition there. I, I think the two lead guys are are going to be Finley and Hornsby. I mean, transferring in from from SEC schools, as I said, uh, it's interesting how different styles those two play. Um, but I wouldn't count out C.J. Rogers either. I mean, he's he's a, a terrific player. Uh, but it, so it's uh, definitely going to be a new quarterback for sure this season. You know, one of these guys coming in. Uh, but he, the offensive line is probably the, the second biggest spot. They went out and got 11 or 12 offensive linemen. A lot of them are P5 transfers. It's going to be a whole new offensive line. Uh, I say a lot of them are P5 transfers, but also a lot of them are Incarnate Word transfers. Five wow. offensive linemen followed G.J. Kinney from wow, Incarnate yeah. Word. So when a, a five, of, five of nine players from Incarnate Word to transfer over. Uh, so it's, I imagine they're going to play a lot of those guys too, familiarity with the system and everything. I mean, not just 
nine players, but six coaches as well. So they're they're trying to implement that same that same scheme that they had at Incarnate Word. Yeah, we're we're talking to Kev Chardello. He covers the Texas State uh, Bobcats, and we've been really following this team for quite some time. Obviously, we brought up the Jake Spavital years and what he was able to do, and Rod even knows Everett Withers from his time at the University of Texas was Rod's old coach. So you sit here and you look at all the turnover, and you mentioned the quarterback position, but you also have some guys out there that can catch it too. You know, you bring in a Bo uh, Corrales from – he used to be at Georgetown. I remember him when he was at Georgetown, but he went to North Carolina, played at SMU, a lot of experience at the wide receiver position position you talked about the the o-line and the experience that they have there but you also need to talk about the defensive line because you know the trenches are where everything happens and that was something too even though last year Zach Spavital's defense played at a very high level but now there's some changes that are coming in how are the players that are still there and the new ones coming in adjusting to the new types of offense and defense as they get to Texas State yeah, and, and you know, Rod, shout out to Everett Withers. His time here wasn't wasn't that great with as far as wins are concerned, but <laughs> yeah. he did a lot he, he did a lot to bring to bring to light uh, the shortcomings of the administration and I think that enacted nice. a lot of changes that we're seeing today that we're that we're all happy about. So mm. he can I at nice. least give him credit for that. But as as far as the players, especially I heard you name Bo Corrales, a wide receiver. Uh seven years ago he was committed to Texas State out of Georgetown. Ended up going to North Carolina, then SMU after that. Injuries, COVID, prolonged his career. He's playing his last year here with the Bobcats. Uh, I think he's a player that you could see get into the rotation, especially he's one of the few guys with just one year left, and he's got a different style that they need at receiver. He's a tall guy at 6'4", and in the spring, that's kind of one area they were lacking was height at receiver. Um, as, as with the style of this offense, it's going to be completely different. Adjusting to that, what might be difficult for some of these transfers, but a lot of them are used to this type of ball where as soon as the play is done, you sprint to the ball and you get the next play going right away. And a lot of it is, is they don't even call plays from the sideline. It, it's a, it's a vertically choice driven offense is how I've heard it described from the coach. <laughs> I like that. With the quarter, the quarter. The quarterback decides, like, hey, am I is it a QB option? Am I going to throw it deep? What are we going to do here? It kind of depends on what they're seeing from the defense and everything. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of adjustment. We saw that, a little bit of struggles in the spring, um, I think, with Malik Hornsby, and that's why they went out and got T.J. Finley, just as some insurance. Uh, they just they just want to make sure that they're covering all bases. You mentioned the defensive line as well, and there's another local guy who was really wrecking shop on the defensive line in the spring, and that's Ben Bell right from Cedar Park. His brother Levi Bell had a really great season last year, uh, went went to the Baltimore Ravens camp, got cut, and now he's with Michigan Panthers in the USFL. But his little brother Ben Bell had four sacks in the spring game. He's put on 30 pounds. Uh, G.J. Kinney and Jonathan Papke, the defensive coordinator, they they don't use an outside linebacker. They do a 4 2 5 which is different than, than Zach Spavadol's defense last year and years prior. So they're moving Dinbell from outside linebacker to defensive end. That's why he put on all that weight. And he's looking like he's, he's going to be a beast there. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I'm liking this. Uh, uh, Kev, I, I actually still talk to Coach Withers every now and then. I think he's at Temple now, if I'm not mistaken. I think I he is he's with there. Stan Drake. Uh, I believe he is, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I will let him know that you said those kind words about him, brother. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that for some Texas State fans. Uh, hey, let me ask you this, though, Kev, about uh, this team in 
you know, we, we live in a new era, the NIL slash transfer portal era where the free market has finally hit college sports. You know, Texas State is in a unique position of bringing in a lot of new guys. Uh, but I've heard even I heard Coach Spavadol complain about this, too. And I wonder if Coach G, Coach Kenny, <clears throat> Coach uh, G.J. Kenny has even brought it up and that once a player excels at Texas State these days, they immediately are looking for the upgrade. They're immediately looking to play, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a at look as a stepping stone. They want to play at a university with a higher profile. Uh, is, does GJ Kenny have a plan for that? Because it's almost like you have to plan on success that you're going to develop these guys really well, and they're all going to play well, and you're going to win a lot of games. And when you do, ultimately, they're going to look where they could, you know, make the most money and create the most value in the free eight, free market we live in in a transfer portal. How do you remedy that if you're Texas State? Yeah, and, and no doubt, and, and these young athletes, it's their right, absolutely their right to, to pursue and, and capitalize on, on this situation. And when I've asked DJ Kenny about that, when I'm like, how do you combat this? How do you keep guys here, especially in a smaller program like Texas State? He says culture, and, and that's what you have to do. You have to breed a, a, a culture. I think that's what a lot of coaches say, like you say culture. But he's saying if you breed a culture that makes people want to stay, that makes them believe in this program and all, everyone has a shared vision. He thinks that he can, he can keep people from the transfer portal. Now, obviously, money's going to talk. So, I mean, if, if these guys are going to get an exuberant offer, they're probably going to take it. Tech State saw that happen with Zion Childress a couple years back. Really, really good safety his, his freshman season. But after that freshman year, got an NIL deal at Kentucky and, and mm. off he went. Yeah. So it's going to happen. It's the nature of the beast. But I think it's uh, the main thing is, is that the transfer portal gives what it also takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can give. And, and especially when you look at someone, some of these players, we were just talking about the 50 that they brought in. That's where it gives. There's some of these guys that go off to these P5 programs and they don't get any playing time. But now they have an opportunity at Texas State. Yep. So I think you just have to look at the balance with it. And it's just the, the, the new age of, that we're living in. Yeah, and I, everybody's adjusting to it. We talk about it daily. So before we let you go, Kef, and this has been outstanding, and I'll definitely stay in touch with you, but I wanted to find out, the Sun Belt Conference, everybody knows how tough it is. It's getting a lot of pub. There's a lot of great, talented teams with the new additions, the new head coach. What are realistic expectations for the Texas State fan base right now as they head into the first year of G.J. Kenny and him being in the Sun Belt Conference? Well, it's it's exciting when you talk about the 50 new recruits and all these new great things and donations coming in. But then you, you look at recent history with Texas State, it's been eight years since they've had a winning record. Uh, and G.J. Kenny didn't really get any favors from the Sun Belt with his schedule. It's a pretty tough one coming up. <laughs> Uh, that being said, when you look at it with Vegas, they have Texas State at four and a half wins. I, I say the Bobcats will get more than that. I think it might be. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they're going to. I don't think. I'm not confident enough yet. Before I get to fall camp, to say they'll win the Sun Belt or something, but I think this is as good a chance as any uh, for them to get over that six win threshold. It's kind of been a monkey on the back here for this program to finally get to a bowl game. I think this is as good a chance as any with with all the new players they brought in with how invigorated everybody is and, and with a, 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 a good young coach like G.J. Kenny, I think it's a, a, a great time for them to, to capitalize on it all. 
I think everybody is excited about it. Nice. I know that we keep looking down there, and we've been watching the transfers coming in and out. You got Derek Brown, who used to be a Texas Longhorn, who decided to transfer there. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Bo Corrales. You got a young man from Colleen, my city. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's where it goes down, Dontavious Burroughs. So I'm all excited about it. I've always been a big fan of Texas State. My, my uncle played quarterback there, part of the national championship team. Mm-hmm. One of my homeboys, Vicente Reed, oh, wow. who is a – He's a big-time supporter of the program. Uh, I told him you were going to be on to talk about this, so he's listening to it too. Mm. I'm excited for the Bobcat Nation. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of Jake Spavital. He's one of my closest friends. But, you know, every in every business there's change, and Dang. hopefully for Texas State fans they get, a, they get what they've been working hard for and the success begins to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have a podcast, Win Now or Get Bent, where I talk all about Texas State. I need to have you on sometime, Mike. I didn't know your dad was, was one of the national champions. Yeah, well, cool. yeah. My, my uncle Greg Hambone Hamilton, he was a national champion uncle. there for Coach uh, Coach Wacker. So mm, I'm definitely nice. involved oh, in that, man. That's great. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, I, know we, I know we have a good, a good mutual friend in Ty Harrington, too. No yeah. Doubt. Well, it seems yeah. like Ty knows a little bit of yeah. everybody down there at Texas State. And, Kev, <laughs> back in the day, before it was Texas State, I used to date a ton of chicks from Southwest, bro. <laughs> so I got my connections, too. You know what I mean? I yeah. got it in there. He was, you know down, he was down there with the Struthers, oh, if they, you know when, what I mean. When they would come down here and get a little too tipsy and they didn't want to drive all the way back, <laughs> I would offer them safe haven. So had a lot of fun. There you go. I don't doubt it, Rod. I don't doubt that at all, man. Marcus, a great time. It is a great time for sure. Kef, man, as always, make sure you stay in touch and uh, we'll definitely talk again, my friend. Awesome. Back at y'all. Thanks. Thanks, Appreciate it. Yeah, Kef did a great job. He does a great job covering the Texas State Bobcats. What did he say the name of the podcast was? uh, I got it right here. You got it? Win or it's win or get bent or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. What's this? We got to look him up. It's, we... it's at Kef underscore C. K E F F. And it's, it's win or get bent. Win or get bent. Pop, uh, podcast. All right. I'm going to check that out. So he does a good job. And he also, he's on threads, too, now. Everybody's on <laughs> threads. I, I, you guys got me paranoid about yeah. getting your name yesterday on the threads, yeah. but I went and did it. Yeah, yeah I know. And I, y'all and peer I clicked, pressure. Hey, look, yeah. and I clicked you, and I'm following you now. I know. I came to peer pressure. <laughs> did, do I follow you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I, I came to peer pressure. I was like, damn it, Patrick Trey, what if some a-hole out there gets Rod Neighbors, and I want to have it. And yeah, you got to get out up. there. You got to get out there so and get I it, man, it. so you get your own trademark. I got suckered into it like the rest of y'all. Damn it, like yeah. I need another social media platform. Whoa, to post. I have to post use it. I got. You just got to keep it. You just got to yeah, get it. Yeah, you just got to get put it. it in the, put it in the cabinet, moving. and then later on, if it becomes a thing, then you're like, I'm ready to go. Yep. That's true. Versus, versus yeah. like, you're there. Oh, now I got to get on, and I'm it's Rod Babers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is now you're right about that. I yeah, I have to put more. Then you got to be name. it's Rod Babers. Yeah, it's Rod Babers. <laughs> That's true. But no, there are like four four Patrick Davises just in Austin alone. I know. Yeah, there's know a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of us. He worked for. Did you work for Patrick Davis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most surreal thing. They were pointing at each other like Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> it is great doing the job interview. You knew you were going to get the job. Yeah. When you yeah. sat down and both yeah. your days were Patrick Davis. Yeah, when you're sending emails back and forth and you're like, wait, did I send that one? Did he send? <laughs> yeah. For real, you're like, bro, how can you not hire me? Come on, man. I got the same name. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the other side. 
Apparently, Marcus Jordan is at it again, gentlemen, and he's um, shaming one Scottie Pippen uh, via with his new relationship. Well, it's not a new relationship. It's been going on for a long time now yeah. with Larsa Pippen. We'll give you an update there. Uh, we'll also get into some other hijinks on Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for a little off of the record here, gentlemen. And, I uh, mean, we could just talk about the Wimby story. I mean, that's technically off the record. Well, we'll give you an update on the Wimby-Britney Spears controversy because, yes, that is a story, but also a story that I saw at TMZ and the Daily Mail, Marcus Jordan. Yes, that Marcus Jordan, Marcus. the son. <laughs> That's a great boomerang yeah, reference there. Good yeah. stuff. I got you, man. Earth the kit. I, I like got that. You. I got you. Um, but yes, he is. He's <laughs> he was spotted at um, a birthday, Larsa Pippen's uh, birthday. Um, well, he was mo- basically motorboating Larsa Pippen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the world to see. That was one of his birthday surprises for her. They just got video of him just going to town. Yeah. Did you motorboat son of a gun? Yeah. <laughs> Pippen. Yeah. Okay, guys, how far is this going to go? We thought it was a bit. This thing is, they've been dating for a while now. Yeah. Right. This is, this is this real? This, this might be real. No, it's 100% real because she wants to be Pippin Jordan. She she has said that. I thought she yeah, was joking, but no. she did say that. She said, I want to be Pippin Jordan. Man. Larsa Pippin Jordan, yeah. which would be amazing. I, I know we did see <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Michael Jordan. They, they Some paparazzi asked him if he approved of it, and he said no. Yeah. Oh, oh MJ. Yeah, MJ, he did. Really? Yeah, they yelled at him and go, do you approve of your, your son dating Larsa Pippin? And he said no, and then got in the van and drove off. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's the first time we've heard from the girl. So, yeah. so he has said no. Now, we all know. <laughs> He approved of it. He has planned it all. He's doing this. Get back at Scottie Pippen. Talking trash about him, but Scottie Pippen won't shut up about MJ though. Well, I get He's it mad because about his the last kid is motorboating his ex-wife in public. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mad too. Smoking hookahs out of her. Yeah, yeah I'd be mad. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, he wasn't the best teammates. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not gonna question his fathering skills, but oh, maybe yeah. put a leash on it. <laughs> I know, but didn't Larsa? Who? Which was it? Because you'll know this, Patrick, because you know all your NBA players. She was dating an NBA player that ended up teammates with. Like yeah, Scottie, Scottie yeah. Pippen Jr. I remember that. Malik. Yeah. Malik. Oh, oh man. I think you're right about this. His name is Malik. Is it Beasley now? Is yes, I... yes, yes, it is. is it? Malik Beasley. Okay. Was it Malik Beasley or is yep. it, was it, uh, oh, it might have been someone before that. But There was a lot. Oh, yeah. no, she's dating multiple yeah, yeah. NBA players. There is. She's 49 now and he's 32. Yeah, she, yeah. So, they were partying yeah. for her yeah. birthday. No, I know. He's, she's Aunt Larsa. Aunt <laughs> <laughs> hey, Larsa. Oh, you know what? She probably was around yes. for the birth. She she was probably she's, she's around for husband. the birth. She was Aunt Larsa at some point in his life. Yeah. Oh, guys, that that's is so true. disgusting. But you're yeah. right. You're but it's so right. true. You're, yeah, you're right. It's so oh, true. I just go. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just now hey. it took on a whole new no. She went sickness. From, she went to Amp to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, MJ. Hey. Yeah. 
MJ could stop this if he wanted. There's, there's no way MJ couldn't stop this. MJ could stop this. I don't know. He this. couldn't have a winning season with the Hornets, so I don't know. <laughs> His powers are limited. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. I mean, at this point, Marcus oh, is 32. Yeah. He's already inherited some of the money. Oh, yeah, he's got some. He's got, he's he's got, got trust the, fund. Yeah, he's, got he's trust already fund. got he's the got, money. He doesn't need that anymore because no. he's got a trust fund. You can't yeah. trust tell me what to do. Yeah, he's got $50 million I'm for the rest of his life. I'm a grown man, Dad. That's true. That is true. You know? No, you're right. So he can't stop it. He he don't have to agree. There's been plenty of girls that I've dated that my mama didn't agree with, but I still dated them. But was that woman you a woman that was like your aunt? As a woman? No, she she she, she was she, older. Did she babysit you at one she, point? That no, woman? She, that's basically what could have happened. Here. That definitely could have been something that it was happening. Like they was at the crib. Like, at know, the crib. Play it. Yeah. <laughs> play it with some toys. She's like, man, I kids. can't wait for him to get older. And it's oh. so cute. She, she is, he's just like five years old and looks over at his friend. And he's like, one day. And they're like, whatever, <laughs> shut up. And, <laughs> I bet you I do. Now he's just Ramsky. Hey, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, he's motorboating her in public. That is. In public. I've never motorboated my wife in public. Yeah, man. because you're not a weirdo who dates your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, guys, I do think now there's some substance to this. She was Usually, with Future. Don't yeah. forget about that, too. And hey. she's, she's a housewife now, so there's a good chance. You could see Marcus Jordan. Well, she's, she's been a housewife for a little while. Real Housewives of Miami, I think it is. Um, she, there's a good chance Marcus Jordan could be on the housewife. She's referenced him on the reunion. Oh, definitely. So he could be on next season, potentially. Yeah. Oh, no, he, I mean, I think, I think mm-hmm. as long as, as he keeps her in the tabloids and stuff, and they, I think they'll just appreciate that relationship of dysfunction and everything else to just be like, hey, no, let's do this. It's a little. Hey, she, do, you, do you remember? You remember when uh, the Bulls were in the finals? And he's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, no, I, I remember when the Bulls were in the finals, and we went to Disney, and I put, oh wait, a minute. I went to Disney. <laughs> yeah. Man, I had a different <laughs> recollection of that." Uh, one texter said, "I motorboat the ish out of my wife." <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <my mother. laughs> okay, maybe I'm. I didn't know you had that privilege when you got married. All right, do I? Can I do this? Uh, no. Can I? Do, <laughs> no. Hey, no. some some no. privileges no. are not for others. So I, you can, I, can, I can grab the butt. Yeah, I cannot. Can, I can't motorboat yeah. in public. You can't. I, 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 I think that might be frowned well, upon. Yeah, I don't know. What not by the people. I don't think. But I've by ever, your wife. I'm not sure I've ever motorboated in public. Maybe I guess. Where would you? You don't motorboat. Yeah, I don't, in it private. seems like a weird you, new you, place you to be motorboating. You're not, not motorboating in private because it's a public thing. You're trying to. Show everybody, like, hey, look at these luscious boobs. I'm a motorboat in them. Yeah, yeah I, don't, like, I don't know the time that's proper for that. <laughs> at a par- Like, what party are you at? Where the mood is right for that. <laughs> where the rocks are lined up properly. things are about to go downhill very quickly. I'm trying to think of all I the- think if you do that at a party, <laughs> you're, you're, you know. Put you're your, wasted. You no, know, put your keys in a jar because that's what kind of party well, you're in. Well, it's all about if you have consent to motorboat. Let's be honest here. We talking, yeah. if you, you got if you got consent to motorboat, then go ahead. But you ain't got no consent, then you are definitely out of line. You need to be. But I think you need, consent, you need consent from everyone at I'm, the party. I'm looking you at the, I'm looking at the video. <laughs> you come over to my house, Rod, and we're having dinner, and all of a sudden I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa! Start motorboating my wife. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm trying to eat over here. Uh, I gotta tell you, yeah. Now you, I, did now, you bring enough for the rest of the class? Now, no. Now Did you bring enough for the rest of the Now class? I fear as a married man, I'll never motorboat again, is what you're telling me. I'm never going to have the motorboat. It should privilege. not be at the top of the list. You're saying in public. I right, can't do right, it. Right, right, right. Like private motorboat. But to me, right. private motorboating is not as fun as we don't not. being applauded in public because you have motorboating skills. I don't home. even know if you're going to get applauds. Wait, the question <laughs> is, you're going to be like, and your wife is going to be looking at you like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> 
What, what is wrong with you? Why did I marry you? Like, what is wrong with you? But she I, liked it. Larson Hey, did. man, I'll tell you, the good part is we know Tom Brady's going to be doing it to Kardashian in like oh, two weeks. Yes. Can't I wait. pray for that would be. I'm telling you, if we all, oh, if Tom Brady motorboats Kim Kardashian, the internet will just, it'll, it'll shut down. I mean, it really will. I'm in. The internet will explode. The Twitterverse will explode if that happens. Uh, it is a thing, though, that apparently they were seen dancing at the white party together and on the beach together. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. You're on the beach together hanging out, just you. And they didn't say just Tom and a group hanging out. I was like, Tom and Kim hanging out on the beach yeah. together, kicking it. Yeah. Like seven security like guards loosely around them. Yes. <laughs> Waiting to backhand somebody if they try to tap them. <laughs> get too close. <laughs> get uh, sir, sir, there's a you motorboat going invited on to the area. You were not invited to this party. There's a motorboat going on inside, sir. All right. Sorry. I didn't know that was going to turn into a motorboat conversation. I actually wanted to get into something else, but we got to table that for another time. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's been happening for more than six months, though, this relationship. Yeah. Just oh, it's saying. been longer than that. Yeah. I think it's been longer than that, guys. Yeah. So I, we must accept the fact now this is no longer a bit. He didn't commit to the bit. This thing is real. And if he did commit to it, he's going all the way He's in. going all the way. And why wouldn't she want to marry a Jordan anyway? Because he's got the bread. She won't bread. She's a little bit of a gold digger. And she keeps the profile lifted. Yeah, man. And she stays in the NBA community. And she stays And she continues to embarrass and, and just shame Scottie Pippen. And, I'm and worried Scottie about Scottie Pippen Jr. We must, and we, Scottie Pippen Jr. Don't forget, that's, that's somebody's true. mama. That is somebody's mom. And he in the locker room with NBA players. Yeah. There's, it, this is I, a bigger picture. No, it is. And Scottie Pippen Jr. is in the locker room with NBA players, and Marcus Jordan did not have that opportunity. No. Exactly. He was no, in the locker room four NBA times. Players. He wasn't Either. a player. He's probably in the locker room a couple times. But no. anyway. But it was done. bring your child to work day. That's when he came. <laughs> he, but like this, Marcus Jordan is so comfortable now in his relationship with Larsa Pippen that he is motorboating her in public. Yes. Like I said, I've been married for damn near two years. Hard's been married for how long? 30. 30? You been having that? <laughs> no. Feels like 30. Feels yeah. like it. Sometimes. And he's never motorboated his wife in public. Never. And Patrick's dated a lot of women. Never motorboated in public. Well, maybe. Ah, no, see, no. don't deny that. Well, don't forget, he used to be in the band. He used to be around band. So, yeah. yeah. I, I can't vouch for like. 18 to 26. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, we're, going, we're going way off the rails. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, Texas football news, notes, and nuggets. Go behind the burn orange curtain and talk about uh, Texas football's upcoming season. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.